Rochester Today with Andy Brownell and Tom Ostrom on News Talk 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Good morning. It is Rochester Today, Tuesday morning. Thanks for tuning in. T.O. is here. Tom Ostrom. I'm Andy Brownell. We always start with a mailbag, Tom. What's in that mailbag? Uh, uh, Congressman Schiff, Democrat, California, conducted the show trials against Trump, trying to accuse him of Russian collusion. And uh, the Republicans took control of the House, so they kicked him off the Intelligence Committee for his lies. So now he's running for Senate in California, trying to get on the Senate Committee because senators control the House, not not uh, control the Senate, not the House. So it shows a, a Republican looking at Schiff. And he's holding up a picture and a label, and he says, Schiff, we found that Russian collusion evidence and culprit you were looking for. And it's a picture of FBI agent McGonagall, who's been recently arrested for his role in the Russian collusion against Trump and the FISA scandals and everything else. And he's finally been arrested. And so he... Uh, the Republicans are showing shifts the picture and says, uh, yeah, we got we got your colluder, you know, and the FBI has been so political that some people are saying the letters FBI should be inverted to FIB, FIB. Wow, I mean, that's a for a cartoon or a comic. That's pretty in the weeds for people to get the joke. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, right. Well, we tried to elucidate. Well, you explained it well. I wouldn't have... Evaporate and illuminate, Andrew. <laughs> illuminate, okay. And then another uh, 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 troublesome uh, uh, Democrat, uh, Branko, by the way, gave us that previous uh, joke. Uh, the political cartoonist satirist, and he gives us this one, too. It shows Majorca, the Department of Homeland Security guy that's in charge of the border. And he's standing against the wall that is leaking the border. And he's putting band-aids on little tiny cracks. And he's ignoring the huge cracks in the wall of fentanyl, human trafficking, diseases, even Chinese nationalists, which we will get to later, and terrorists. And that's Branco again. And then Wayne, did you know 15, he's done some research here. Did you know 15% of all farmland in Ukraine is owned by Chinese corporations? People at the World Economic Forum meeting and Woke Green New Deal, people like John Kerry, Al Gore, they love the Chinese communists. These guys fly to Switzerland in their private jets to save the world. And the government of China is benefiting from these Westerners. And uh, we'll see what happens. And then... Uh, uh, Wayne used to live in Alaska. He taught school there. And he's talking about the balloons, the China balloons that came over Alaska. And he said, I lived in Fairbanks, Alaska for 26 years, Tom. Fort Greeley is 100 miles from Fairbanks. It's a small town. The China balloon passed over it, slowed down over it. Why? There are 40 ground-based interceptor missiles there at Fort Greeley and underground silos. These missiles are intended to shoot down incoming missiles over the North Pole that might come from Russia, China, or North Korea. And the saga goes on. We'll talk more about the balloon business later on today, I hope. 
Yeah. Okay. Good. Uh, this from Joe. I googled the Pacific weather map, Tom. It seems to me that we might better identify the balloon launch sites by tracking Pacific weather maps for the period preceding the launches. We could better identify the location of the launches, the currents, the winds, everything else. And I'm thinking there might be multiple launch locations, even from vessels at sea. Yeah, I wouldn't discount it. Uh, Joe is a U.S. Air Force Vietnam veteran, by the way, so he knows these things. And then finally, uh, Fran Bradley, a former uh, Republican state legislator, and now with the uh, you know now he's uh, uh, active and and still in politics, uh, the American experiment uh, he uh, is involved with. And he sent me a lot of comments and articles on so many things that are facing America. Uh, cultural diversity, balloons, public health, um, uh, the primary states and their significance, and Democrats trying to change the operations and timing of them. And then the Ukraine and what goes on there. And the flow of Russian and Chinese immigrants we're going to talk about later. What's their game? So we chatted about all those things. And... Uh, Fran's well-informed and listens, and we thank him for the topics, and that's the mailbag. All right. Okay, we'll do a break. Come back in a moment. More of Rochester Today with Tom Ostrom. I'm Andy Brownell. It's News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Get your flooring project to the finish line with Andy Brownell and Tom Ostrom on News Talk 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. T.O. is in the house on Tuesday, Rochester today. In the house? In the house. (laughs) What do you want to talk about state and local today, Tom? Uh, Okay. State and local. Um the, the Minnesota House uh, has, um, has, and you wrote about this, approved legislation for all students to to get free breakfasts and lunches. Uh, the reasons for that, the cost, will they have to hire more kitchen staff? I have mixed emotions about it. Uh, I said the, the Democrats and Republicans, too, you don't want to deprive uh, 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 poor people of, of food and health if they're going to be studying things, but... Yet, some people don't like it that it seems to isolate and uh, illuminate uh, poor people and uh, that need the help. So the, I think that's part of the reason the uh, Minnesota legislature wants to then grant to everybody to be able to sign up for uh, free lunches and that's breakfast and lunch. And uh, um, I have mixed emotions about it, Andy. I do as well. I certainly agree with you. Um, if a child is coming from a place where they cannot afford the meals, there has to be a way to help them out to get the meals. But there also has to be a more cost-effective way of doing this. That This is $400 million, or almost, over two years. <laughs> that's That's a lot of money. And if the reason being is you want to avoid a stigma being attached to these children because they come from low-income households and avoid that those sorts of issues. 
I gotta believe that you could somehow come up with another idea that would cost less than four hundred million dollars that would mitigate that aspect of it. If that is the central issue that you have children who are not going to get their lunch or breakfast because they're afraid of the stigma, which is tragic. We're talking four hundred million dollars over two years. <laughs> That's a lot of money. You could, I, I think, there would be somebody who could come up with a a plan that would avoid having that stigma attached, or is it going to be attached anyway? It's been many years since I've been in a school classroom, but it hasn't been that many years that my children were in a school classroom. And kids know other kids. They know things about their families. They know they divide up into little cliques, the cool kids, the kids who have money, the kids who don't have money, the kids who are athletically gifted the kids who are brainiacs like it's a i don't know if i'm going to say a, a, a vision of our whole society because it's always exaggerated within the schools but i think regardless of taking this action you're going to have children stigmatized because they come from low-income families because the same kids who would be cruel enough to pick on a kid for that reason are going to pick on them regardless if they had the school lunch or not. Right. And, and I, that's why, I, but at the same time, I, but I, I, I guess this is the best solution they could come up with. I'm a little bit flabbergasted. Right. Or, or is it more that we have a, a bigger issue at play here that find a way to end the, having these children being stigmatized? I, I don't know, but or can you do that? Can you is it back to the old fashioned Lord of the Flies, and this is going to way things play out regardless? I, yeah. I from my teaching experience and and Mary's, uh, as you suggested, students are better able to understand and cope with these things than adults are. Adults get uh, so rattled about it, but uh, there there is a course of stigma. That if it's optional, uh, that's one thing, but. But youngsters can't learn either if they're hungry. Right. So I, I, and I, I agree wholeheartedly. Nobody should be going without a meal. Out a way to avoid it. Yeah. It just it seems like a, a Rolls Royce plan that may or may not resolve any issues at all. It may just be a very expensive program, and uh, the stigmatization stigmas that they I can't even say the word would continue. Um, but also the aspect of that. This is part of a bigger discussion, I suppose, that children who suffer adversity, oftentimes that fight against adversity is the ultimate character builder for them. That the achievement to get over that difficulty provides them with the tools to become extraordinarily successful as adults. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's a hard thing to ignore. And yeah. and if we're as a society are going to go to extraordinary lengths to even the playing field to the point where there are no extraordinary challenges facing anybody because everybody faces the same challenges. I, I think we uh, we run the risk of becoming very mediocre. Right. Inequality and equity is absolutely impossible. Uh, the nature of individuals in any socioeconomic system uh, is diversity and uh, challenge and some make it and some don't. Um, I'm putting Iowa in as an area uh, related to Minnesota. Uh, a new bill in Iowa wants to restrict solar farms 
uh, and uh, Senate Agricultural Committee, uh, Dan uh, Zumbach, is the bill's floor manager, and he said the goal of the bill is to establish limits on how close these uh, turbines, uh, these powered propeller turbines, can be to property lines, non-farming lands, and homes. And he said people don't like the looks of them, and disposing of them if they break down is almost impossible in environmental uh, ways. And... uh, and and uh, the people that live around them don't like what they look like, and some farmers don't like them. So he's trying to have a bill to install uh, solar panels uh, and and these propellers uh, on on lands that aren't productive and keep them off fields that really don't need them for productivity. And uh, but a lobbyist for energy firms and who wants the turbines. Uh, said this decision should be made by landowners, not the state legislature. And the Iowa Farm Bureau lobbyist, Cronwald uh, says that uh, he supports some of the restrictions, but it restricts farmers from installing solar power and the wind power to create electricity. And uh, Zumbach said, well, we have to talk about these things and we're willing to amend the bill. Well, not in my backyard, in other words. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't mind them, but again, I don't live near them, so I, 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 I can't speak to it. If I, I, I don't know if it would be something that would bother me over time to hear the whoosh, whoosh, whoosh sound, or, or not, because them. I don't live anywhere near them. And look at them. You got the beauty of farm and woodlands, and you got these propeller monsters. Uh, they, 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 they don't look appealing. It's just a. Uh, and then disposing of them for environmental reasons when they break down is almost impossible. Well, I told you in Europe, I think that I think it was Italy where they're really running into this that the um, European Union requirements concerning green energy are pushing these solar and wind farms into some of the most extraordinarily beautiful scenic areas of Europe and those areas of Europe rely heavily on tourism to get by and they're a grave concern that this will diminish their ability to bring in the tourist dollars by having mm-hmm. the uh, you know I guess the horizon when you look up to the horizon and the beauty that you see I, I don't know what the answer is to this but you know the Dutch have always had this wind power they're right windows, and they look picturesque and beautiful and they work yeah to each his own, I guess. I mean, when I go down 90 and towards made, Austin and I see all those... Sorry, Tom. Go ahead. I'm sorry. They're made out of wood, too, so that's disposable. Yeah. <laughs> They'll rot, too. But I, yeah. when I go down I-90 towards Austin and you get near Dexter or south of Hayfield and you start to see there's quite a few windmills there. Yeah. Um, I don't know. that. It, they look okay to me. It doesn't bother me. But then again, I only drive by them occasionally, and I don't live next to them, so I, I'll i step out of the fray. I guess they kill a lot of birds, too. Uh, the police uh, in the Twin Cities are telling people, don't leave your cars running in the cold winter. Right. stolen. At more than 700 car thefts in Minneapolis since January 1st, sparks a police warning. Keep your car locked. Don't show gifts in the car. Take your keys or fob with you. Uh, because your car will be stolen otherwise, and that's what's happening. And the the number of car thefts are over 700. That's a 50% increase from last year. 
and the danger of uh, of car thefts and what happens to the people who own the car, sometimes children in the car, and sometimes violence occurs, uh, it is a problem. I would worry about it quite a bit if I lived up there, especially if I had to park outdoors all the time. That would uh, that'd be near near the top of my list of concerns, to be honest. Right. And you had this story on um, what police have to give up and, 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 and deal with uh, – the threats to their lives and others, and uh, you know, it's and, and people say, why do police shoot people? Well, my God, uh, here's an example. This is your story, Andy. A Fillmore County man charged with alleged ta- tax on a state trooper. The trooper pulled him over. The man fought him, took his taser and shot him with it. They had a fight, rolling over on the ground, hitting each other with ice. Uh, the taser was stolen from the police officer and he was shot with it and he plead called for help and two civilians in two different cars came and they took all of them to pin this guy down and hold him and get him accountable they finally put him on the road and got on his body i wonder if he said oh i can't breathe i can't breathe and uh and the guy dwi possession of marijuana drug paraphernalia driving without a license uh, the violent, violent man, and he almost overcame that trooper. If that trooper had shot him, I, I don't think anyone would have been objected. Well, I guess some would have, but a rural uh, trooper alone with a thug like this, damn near uh, killing him. And if civilians hadn't, and the trooper was hospitalized after it, but if civilians hadn't intervened, what would have happened? Yeah, it was a scary, scary time. And this is along a remote area, Tom. He was very lucky that traffic came along when it did. Because at uh, the time of day and where it was at, it, it's not a guarantee that a passing motorist might be there. And there happened to be the two passing motorists, thank goodness, that uh, came to the, the trooper's aid. And you're... And I do agree with you, Tom. In this situation, uh, if that officer had used deadly force, I think it would have been justified. But there was a case up in the Twin Cities over the weekend in St. Paul where an officer shot and killed a man with a knife. And the man was advancing on the officers. They tried to use taser. didn't work. And uh, this is all according to the preliminary reports on it. And uh, this person had been threatening others with the knife in this apartment building before the officers got there. And unfortunately, it ended the way it did with an officer shooting him and the man dying. And then I saw on social media, immediate comments, well, they could have just let him, you know, he only had a knife. And I'm like, well, Uh a person lunging at you with a knife can do a lot of harm. You can be killed by that person with a knife. That's right. And uh, TJ Leverance, uh, our news anchor, had an article on the KROC News website. The jury convicts a Minnesota felon for fentanyl trafficking. I'm I sure glad that they're going after the fentanyl violators, whether they come over the border or they're in the interior of the country. And a jury reached the guilty verdicts uh, in the U.S. District Court. Uh, and, and the U.S. Attorney for Minnesota, Luger, announced, uh, he said the conviction calls for 30 years in prison. And if you, if you read about this guy... Um, the 34 years old, he brandished a firearm, he's threatening people with guns, he's a felon, he had 355 fentanyl pills, he had a Glock uh, revolver, he had a caliber pistol, uh, and he's a vicious, violent felon, and and uh, and he even had a, a machine gun in, uh, in his possession when they searched uh, his premises, 
And the, the, the jury, of course, hit him, uh, and he's had felony convictions dating back to 2005, robbery, threats, harassment, domestic abuse. And cops have to walk up to someone like that and try to arrest him. It's a tough job. And you pointed out they're cracking down on the fentanyl. Thank goodness there. But the amounts of fentanyl that they're seizing are so astounding that what's the really scary thought to me is that the number of people consuming the drug is enough to warrant that level of inventory in this part of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are an awful lot of people hooked on this drug and are taking it on a regular basis to justify the cartels and others of shipping that much of the drug to this area. It's, it's yeah. really frightening. We have to take a break. It's already time for news. We'll get yeah. an update on news in return with Tom Ostrom. I'm Andy Brownell. It is Rochester Today on News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Let's face it, nobody likes to compromise. When it- Tuesday morning, national news, Tom. What's first on the list? Well, I told you I like these conservative women that speak out and they're articulate and at hearings they go after the left-wing uh, wokers. Uh, and uh, and and so many of them are photogenic. I don't find that frequency of success in the Democrat Party, but that might show how biased I am in my vision. But another one of them, Anna Paulina Luna. She's just been elected a congresswoman from Florida, and uh, she was masterful on the on these committees. And the left wing press is trying to destroy her because they hate conservative women who are this way. Uh, they're even questioning her Hispanic uh, origins and claims, trying to destroy her. But but prior to a House Oversight Committee on the border, Democrats on the committee introduced the hearing by saying the whites are against, uh, they want border enforcement because they're white nationalists. They have their conspiracy theory about great replacement of, of uh, people of color over whites with open borders. Well, Democrats even admitted that that was one of their goals years ago. They don't say it anymore. Okay, so Representative Luna is listening to this trite to come came from the Democrats, and she's questioning uh, uh, rather uh, several border uh, chiefs and, and uh, uh, administrators. And uh, and she said, well, we hear criticism that the concern about a strong border is only the concern of white nationalists and racists. Um, and uh, I want to say that open borders aid and abet traffickers, hurt minority children, have sex trafficking, and they have to be closed. And then she said this to one of the border agents. My final question. Can you tell me, are a majority of Border Patrol agents white or Hispanic? We have criticism that the border agents are insensitive to Hispanics and to migrants. What is their ratio culturally? And one of the uh, administrators said, my understanding is the majority of border agents are Hispanic. Most of them are first-generation migrants or migrants themselves. And uh, Luna said, okay, so we don't have a white supremacy issue with them. It's an illegal immigration issue, period. I saw that the the, um, the head of the Border Patrol 
And I don't know if it was before a congressional hearing, but it may have been. But he was questioned about why the surge is happening and uh, why we're seeing record numbers of what they call encounters uh, along the southern border. And he pointedly said that when questioned and answered the question, it was that because of the perception among the the people seeking to cross the border was that Biden got elected to office, so the law had changed, and it was now open borders. Mm. And then also said that the policies of this administration had strengthened that perception among those who are seeking to get into the country illegally. So I, I found that interesting that yes. he was that candid, and I wonder how long he'll have a job. <laughs> okay. Well, the border... An Arizona rancher in his 70s arrested, held on $1 billion bond because he fired warning shots at a group of men who came over the border onto his ranch and they had uh, camouflage clothing and, and weapons and they pointed an AK-47 at him when he was patrolling his ranch and he took shots at them. Uh, and he was arrested then by Border Patrol for killing uh, one of the uh, transgressors. And uh, he's being held in, on $1 million bond. There's a national GoFund movement uh, to pay his bail so he can go home. He said, my wife's alone. She's ill. Uh, there's the livestock, the ranch, the cattle. I'm not going anywhere. Let me go home and take care of my wife. But this is just another uh, issue of... of it sends a lesson, I think, to National Guard and to uh, uh, sheriff's deputies uh, and and to uh, Border Patrol. You can't shoot these people coming over the border. And I think they better start shooting people who are obviously drug traffickers. They're 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 it's an invasion and they're killing American citizens by the thousand. But this man was concerned with his wife. Uh, they pointed weapons at him. He he shot. He thought he was over their heads, but he evidently hit somebody who was killed. And now he's in prison. That that, that just shows again the complexity of this horrible issue. Were they were they shooting at him, the rancher? Uh, it says the leader of the armed group of men saw Mr. Kelly with his weapon, and they pointed an AK-47 right at him. Uh, another uh, a lawyer said. Fearing for his life and safety, he fired okay. several shots from his rifle, hoping to scare them away from his animals, his wife, and his home. He didn't know that he hit someone. But his dogs later found the body of one of them. He must have hit one of them. And he called the Border Patrol. And the Border Patrol said, yeah, they were armed. They were armed. But other people are saying, no, they weren't. But this man's in How do they protect okay. their hands in these borders? And we were referring to thousands of lives of Americans. You were referring to the fentanyl crisis, I take it, and the drugs. Yes. I just wanted to clarify that. Thank you. Okay. Thank you for improving my presentation. Well, I'm just, I don't know all the circumstances, and, and that will be, a, I'm sure he'll want a self-defense yeah. argument there, okay. but uh, whether it's successful, who knows. Um, on to the balloons. Yeah. <laughs> this is a... This is getting to be an amazing story. And I, the one I wanted to bring up um, was, could have brought up in Minnesota news, Tom, but the thing that they shot down over Lake Huron, it was an F-16 pilot from the 148th Air Wing up in Duluth. 
Mm-hmm. So it was a Minnesota National Guard airman <laughs> that got that mission. So wow. earned a little footnote in history there. There, good. Well, yeah, that's those balloons are everywhere, and some people are saying that some of the things they're finding are not balloons; they're other things, and pilots are are musing over their propulsion and uh, what they're after. But uh, uh, it it goes on. Well, and it, it, some of the the stories I'm reading are truly amazing that um, the previous incursions that have occurred, the reason they weren't detected by NORAD was NORAD wasn't looking for them. That they found out from intelligence sources that this had happened. And so now NORAD has finally recalibrated his radar or whatever scanning devices they're using to look for slow moving objects at this particular high altitude range and they're identifying obviously more of them <laughs> and and it's resulting in our uh, military flying sorties for the first time in the history NORAD is shooting down objects in the skies over North America it hasn't happened until now including Canada uh, Prime Minister Trudeau has allowed um a uh, military uh, U.S. Uh, fighter plane to shoot down one of those things over over his nation. <laughs> so, <laughs> and then, what's the purpose of these things? What you know? How long has this been going on? Uh, they are uh, spy balloons. What kind of information have they been able to obtain about our military readiness? Uh, there's a whole host of questions. And the big question to me, though, is. I thought we learned this in 9-11, that the intelligence people have to talk to the military people in order for... So obviously intelligence wasn't talking to the military because NORAD is... Well, and once we were told, then of course we started looking for these things and they started finding them. Why wasn't that information shared? I thought that was one of the major Mm -hmm. findings of the 9-11 Commission is Mm -hmm. that the silos of information, that has to be fixed. These agencies have to talk to each other. That's right. So I don't know how uh, this doesn't look bad for the president, uh, especially um, the silence from the White House on this issue is a little disconcerting, to say the least. Uh, You have recovered objects. Why can't you discuss what you've recovered? Why can't you tell us, the American people, what... You have discovered from the things that, you know, the Canadians, they had that secured right away. It's on land, uh, whatever it was that got shot down over there. Um, they pulled pieces of this other thing out of the ocean and they have disclosed some information, but they certainly haven't shared a whole lot with the American people. And, and I, I guess one statement they did say is that this was, this didn't threaten national security. That would, that would be okay. Well, if it didn't threaten national security, that suggests that you could tell us a whole lot more about it then because it's obviously not some sort of secret. Or is it some sort of secret? Is this something we need to be worried about? Is this a precursor to some sort of military action by the Chinese? What, you know, what, I think people have legitimate concerns and legitimate questions about this. Well, that's right. And when they say uh, there's no national security threat, that's a political evasion. So don't blame us. Don't worry about yeah. it. You have everything under control. And you were bringing up the idea of the EMPs. Yeah. Um, one that size would probably cause localized damage, but it could be highly disruptive if you were to set off an EMP over Chicago. 
and you were to shut down Chicago, all the electronics in Chicago, it would it would create ripple effects through the whole country from the financial institutions uh, to just feeding the people in Chicago, the ability to get supplies there. Uh, it would be utter chaos. Mm-hmm. And what I know of EMPs, if you built a balloon large enough, you could deliver it with a balloon. And yeah. the idea that we weren't watching for these things is a little bit out there. Define the EMP again for it's a it's a bomb that issues an electronic pulse. So its destruction is not ex, its explosive force. Its destruction is an electronic pulse of radiation that won't necessarily harm humans, but it will fry very sophisticated electronics. Any computer you've got is going to be fried. Um, your cars aren't going to work. Your elevators in your tall buildings won't work. Your uh, almost no cell phones will work. It'll wipe out cell phone systems. It'll wipe out, which will wipe out virtually wipe out almost any communication system. Which means uh, it'll be chaos. Which means electronic grids. Yeah, anything. Yeah, your power thing. systems. Now, some power systems have been shielded, but whether they could withstand a strong EMP, I don't know. All I do know is that. My old 66 Chrysler sitting in the garage, it would still run. <laughs> it generally, it was a, General Keene is a retired officer, often on Fox News, and he said, uh, we had plenty of opportunity to take down this balloon as it crossed the United States. We didn't do it. We should do it. Uh, and we have to know what's motivating them and how they operate and why the Chinese are doing it. And uh, that some officials dismiss it now. Uh, is foolish. As foolish what? Shooting them down or? Uh, I'm, I'm trying to say that there's no security threat with them. That we don't well, know. Yeah, we don't know what, why or what. Obviously, there is some concern here, a threat. Huh? And, yeah. and the idea, the one they found over Lake Huron was described as an octagon with strings or ropes hanging from it. Well, did it drop something? Did yeah. it deploy something somewhere? Right. It was it, off the radar for a lengthy period of time where they couldn't find it. And the original balloon shot down, they said, was a couple hundred feet. Or a few. It was yes. just, anyway, at least the size of a few of a couple of coach buses uh, in in terms of its operation mechanics. So or, or on the other hand, is this something totally innocent? Did you have a research lab someplace, a bunch of university students who had some sort of experiment and didn't bother to tell anybody and they launched a bunch of these things? And that's what they spotted. I, you know, that is a possibility. Not the one that they shot down over uh, the Atlantic, but the one that they shot down over Lake Huron. And uh, well, I doubt the one, the Alaska one or the Canadian one. But uh, you know, the weather balloons are sent up all the time. But I think they also have to notify the FAA when they launch these balloons because they could cause a problem with air traffic. So it's really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. We probably should take a break. <laughs> Long-winded there, Tom. Okay, we'll take a break. We'll be back in a moment. Rochester Today on News Talk 1340, KROC AM at 96.9 FM. Hi, I'm Albert. You care Medicare to complicate. It's Andy Brownell and Tom Ostrom on News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. We are back with more of Rochester Today, Tuesday's program with T.O. Tom Ostrom. We've got a few minutes left for international coverage, Tom. 
Well, we're finding out this now. Our, our, our country is committing cultural suicide, uh, national security suicide, and, and that open borders thing. And we just from this from just the news, we just find out Chinese and Russian illegals pose a ser- uh, security threats amid record border crossings. They're coming over. Um, and, and what, what, what are they up to? There have been almost 2,000 encounters with Chinese individuals alone, uh, in the last uh, year, including, um, um, you know, uh, Russians. Now, what in the world are they coming over for? What are they assigned to do in this country? Are they escaping their nations or are they coming to spy and do damage, uh, in our country? But uh, they're coming over, uh, there were several thousand of them in the last year. That's how dangerous our border is and how stupid our people are for not enforcing the border. Uh, yeah, and I'm not, I'm not going to disagree with you because the idea that we sh- we need to know who is coming into our country, what their what their intent is, and but once again, I'm going to go on the soapbox down. The the two sides most engaged in this argument have no interest in finding a solution. They they just won't compromise, and the compromise is pretty common sense. One side gives up on the issue, and they secure the border. The other side gives up on another issue, and they liberalize the number of people and where are they from that are allowed in this country. You you open it up so a lot more people can get here legally at the same time you secure the border. But nobody will agree to this. It's, it's, anytime it's brought up, it's immediately shot down. Well, they want it as an issue, I think. I do, too. These migrants that are uh, going across America by uh, and people are paying for their bus tickets, they're abandoning they're abandoning New York City because of the crime. And uh, several were talked to, to by reporters and they said New York is dangerous. We don't want to be here. We don't want our children to be raised here. And many of them are saying on to Canada. On to Canada, and they're ripping up any documents they have, getting on buses and going to Canada. And the mounted police and the border patrol are arresting them, but they're in Canada then. Uh, and, and, and Prime Minister Trudeau is inviting them into Canada. But some are coming back already. They say Canada's too cold. <laughs> Probably why they don't come to Minnesota, too. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, you can't make it up. So we have about two minutes left, Tom, a minute and a half. We could talk about Ukraine. The Russians have uh, made advances in some areas of the country, which was expected. Uh, Ukrainians are saying that they can hold back an offense in the uh, eastern part if they get the weapons they're asking for, but that's a big if. If they can be trained to use the tanks in time, spring's, you know, spring's almost here. It's amazing how mm-hmm. time flies. And uh, this whole war, which is one year old now, could... Uh, could flare up in a big, big way in the next few weeks. Right. And some articles say Russia is advancing. Fran Bradley's article said the Russians are being decimated and killings on the field and, and troops have been abandoning their position, tanks being destroyed, and that Putin can't even finance the recruits that he's trying to get into the war. So, But Lieutenant Colonel Daniel Davis, retired, warns of a nuclear war, he said the U.S. has no plans in Ukraine. This is not a video game. And the weapons and the tanks we're sending to Ukraine require significant training, teamwork, 
technical knowledge. I was in the tank corps in Europe and in the Middle East. And, and so these things are not a sure thing. And it's just trouble ahead because the U.S. has no plan or strategy for training or what to deal with if a, if a crazy Putin uh, escalates. And on that bright note, I guess we have to leave. <laughs> Goodness. But as far as they're offensive in what you said France said, I think those both are true at the same time. I think Putin is throwing bodies at this thing, and I think the carnage is unfathomable, what's happening there. Yep. And I would think that he has to pay a price at home for that, but so far it hasn't happened. All right. We'll talk to you in a couple of days on Thursday. Mm-hmm. He's Tom Ostrom. I'm Andy Brownell. And this has been Rochester Today, News Talk 1340, K-R-O-C-A-M, and 96.9 FM. They say they'll get your biggest tax refund. 